men don't share, you know, who they are easily with anybody, really. Most don't. And, um, you know, with their wives, it, it's, it's really important how we handle that. And, I mean, can, you know, the heart of you, my husband, trust me when, you know, you share those things with me? Or am I going to go share that with all my friends at the next time we're all hanging out together? Uh, you know, what you've shared with me. And I think there's a time to share our life, but there's, uh, it always needs to be thought through. Hello, this is Michael, the producer of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Worley and Danina, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. Welcome to episode 10. Today, Worley and Danina will begin a four-part series entitled Things That Shut a Heart Down in Relationships. This series will carry us through August 2020, so be on the lookout for future episodes. Here's Worley and Danina. We're happy to be back in the office with Michael recording, not um, trying to do this on our own. Uh, as we start this next set of podcasts, we're going to, for the months of July and August, spend some time discussing several things that can shut our hearts down in relationships. And uh, this is an important topic. Yeah, very. It's part of us even calling our um, counseling practice, Redeemed Hearts um, Christian Counseling. Uh, so as we start today, the heart is a critical um, organ for life physically, but we want to talk about how it's also critical relationally. And as you know, where I've shared this, I mean, you've lived this with me, but I've shared this about myself before that over the last couple of years, I've had some heart issues and I've had to have several tests ran. And as we know, without my heart beating, without any of our hearts beating, there's no life. My heart beats, but on occasion it misfires or it beats too fast. And while I still have life, I feel really lifeless when this happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I feel like I can hardly walk across the room. And it's it's pretty miserable. I feel like I have no resources to give relationally, emotionally, mentally, physically. you know, physically, you know, even just spiritually. I just feel lifeless. So mm-hmm. I really have no resources to function well when this happens. And my doctor told me this is because when my heart races like this, even for a minute at this high rate, it can make you feel like you've ran a marathon which I would never do in real life, but um, this happens to me and it exhausts me. So this also applies to relationships. And the thing that we want to talk about um, throughout... And if I could just say something real quick there, you know, Danina, so when that happens to you, it's impacting you, but it's also impacting me. Yes. Because you're not... Because you, you are lifeless and then I'm worrying about you or... Sometimes I can't communicate back to you very clearly because you're struggling. So it, it has an impact on both of us. And you're carrying my load with some things, and it impacts our kids mm-hmm. um, too. So the thing that I think with this analogy, thinking about physical heart, that I want to say is this also applies to relationships. And if our hearts grow cold in our marriage or cold in our other relationships, um, then sometimes the relationship will eventually die. Um and sometimes our heart and relationships may not, you know, be completely cold and dead. We still are hanging on to that relationship, but our heart might be misfiring or it might get off beat, causing us to, 
give and receive, causing us to not be able to give and receive love in the same way because our hearts shut down. So, I, I mean, we just like I can't function well when my heart is misfunctioning. It's the same thing in relationships. If my heart in a relationship is half dead, I mean, it's or, you know, maybe it's revved up all the time um, with anxiety or anger or whatever it might be. I'm not going to be able to give life in a relationship, and I'm certainly not going to be able to receive life well. Yeah, so when we talk about the heart, or when the Bible talks about the heart, it talks about the inner workings of a person, whether it's his mind, his emotions, his volition. It could also be called a the spiritual part of us, even though mm-hmm. um, we're connected to the Holy Spirit, who's a different being. Um, but it's really this inner world, and... Um, we all want to live as believers from our redeemed hearts. We've been made new. We've been given a new heart, the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. And we want to live full from that. We want to live knowing we're cleansed from our sin and that we're walking in the Holy Spirit. And so it's very important how we live. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And then Paul says that the goal of instruction to believers, to those who he would write to in in 1 Timothy, is that that love would come from a pure heart, or what he means there is an undivided heart. And then Jesus taught that our highest goal should be to love God with all our heart, and then love one another as we would God in the same way. Hmm. And so the heart's very important in are living, as you just said, and yet so often our hearts get shut down to others in relationship, myriad of things that are going to happen, mm-hmm. myriad of things in a, in, a, in a day, in a moment that can cause us to be shut down. So as you mentioned, this podcast, the next several podcasts, we want to discuss things that shut down our hearts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as we get started on this, one of the first things we want to talk about that will shut down a heart is broken trust. And really, we're starting here because if this is the foundation for every lasting relationship. We know that this is critical uh, for any relationship to actually function well. And so as we as we discuss this, we want to think about the fact that broken trust quickly shuts the heart down, not only of the one that's breaking trust, because usually the person that's breaking trust either often has a hard heart because they're you know, kind of holding on to that sin or that, you know, decision that they're making, a rebellious spirit, or sometimes they have a shutdown heart because of shame over their choices and they don't know what to do with their shame. It always shuts the heart down of the wounded person just due, you know, simply to the pain or the betrayal or the, you know, fear, whatever it might be, the insecurity. So trust opens the door for communication and relationships, while broken trust, I mean, quickly is going to bring about disconnection. And we get to see this in our own life. We see this, you know, in our children's life. I mean, with us as parents, we can see this in, you know, the relationships that we counsel. So trust being very foundational here. And when somebody is in a relationship where there is ongoing broken trust, I mean, it crushes the heart. It just crushes the spirit and it will always shut that person down because of sometimes the level of pain. Sometimes it's just needing to, you know, protect themselves. So, you know, there's many things that break 
down trust, and we don't really have time to go into all of those things. But simply put, I think I would just say when trust is broken, uh, you will find yourself unable to be vulnerable with the, you know, with this other person. I mean, I can't uh, be myself and know that I'm going to be fully loved, fully accepted by you if I can't trust you. Likewise, you you back with me. Right, and I would say it this way. I, I If I don't trust you, it's going to affect how well I love you and fully giving myself to you. Right. Yes. So I think that's part of this too. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, we know communication um, is stunted here. Growth in a relationship is stolen at this point. Um, it's been said that trust takes years to build and seconds to break and forever to repair. And it's true. I mean, trust takes a long time. It's seeing this person be trustworthy over time. And then, you know, it it can, um, I mean, it can be a slow process, but it also can be something very quick and then take a long time to repair. And we've said as many times as as Christians, we we don't know how people really do this very well, Mm -hmm. apart from the work of the forgiveness of Christ, the spirit within us that helps us do this, that it's a, it's a task that if it's been broken, yes, it takes a long time, even for believers. And, you know, somebody who's not, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not, not sure they ever fully get it back. But it's important to know that it can be rebuilt. Oh, yes. I mean, and I think after, you know, 24 years of counseling, that's something that, you know, I, I I look back on and I, I see a lot of you know, marriages or a lot of parent-child relationships or family dynamics that God has really redeemed or, you know, rebuilt that. And uh, so we want to encourage you, if you're hearing this and you're in a relationship where there's broken trust, to remember that it can be rebuilt. And part of the way trust is rebuilt, we like to think it's going to be in the big things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, we have to make big life changes and big, you know, decisions. But trust is really built in the little moments day by day where, you know, we die to ourselves and we choose the other. Um, it's built when, uh, you know, you know that I care about the impact I'm having on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it helps me so much to think uh, you care about if how you've handled something, you know, how, how you've, you know, communicated to me, mm. I mean, whatever it might be, you care about the impact you're having on me. That that helps me rest with you and, and have some trust. I think a couple other things or a few other things here is that, you know, trust is built when you turn toward the other person, when you really want to, you know, curl up in a ball or shut down or run away and avoid that person. You don't want to have that conversation, but instead you turn toward them mm-hmm. Um and I mean, that builds builds trust. Some of the other things I would say is it's built every time we stop and listen and we validate the feelings or the thoughts of another person. That, that builds trust. We hear that from teens a lot or wives a lot. You know, I just wish they'd validate my feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, doing that doesn't mean you have to agree just to validate that, but it builds trust. It's built each time um, that we choose to be faithful and not just faithful uh, in a marriage, but it may be faithful with what we 
look at, what we fantasize, um, you know, what just anything that might come in between us and a spouse. It comes when we tell the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge one mm-hmm. uh, for any relationship. And then I think trust is built every time we take ownership without getting defensive and blaming and having excuses. We, I mean, we live humbly and we build we build that that truth um, or that trust at that point. And then one of the most important things that I think is if somebody has gotten really off track in a relationship, whether no matter, you know, whether it's a husband, wife, or maybe it's parents with your teenagers or in a friendship where that trust has been broken and the relationship is jeopardized, that a change of behavior, either stopping that behavior or changing that behavior. I mean, biblically, we know that means repentance happens there. Um, with that change of behavior, that broken trust is, um, you know, has the opportunity to grow and to be rebuilt. So one thing, as I finish talking about that, that I think when I go through that list of some of what rebuilds trust is that that all takes humility. It's a big thing that stands out to me in all of that. You know, and one of the things that I think is important is it's really in the little things. And so I think trust can be broken in the little things. We tend to think big things like somebody's had an affair Mm -hmm. or somebody's cheated somebody else or, you know, lying is, you know, it can be a little lie. And some may say, well, that's no big deal. Certainly we think big lies, but I think trust is... You know, it's it's something that when, when we got married, I wasn't really thinking about how can I earn your trust. I was just automatically given it. You were automatically given it. And then as the years go on, I think we're exposed for our various sins. And so I think one of the things that we've talked about is, you know, I may teach you not to trust me when I don't show up on time. Um, if I tell you I'm going to be there at a certain time or... Um, you know, any of a number of things that um, we don't necessarily think about. And I think it's, it's, is anybody listening to this? I think we're just trying to give you a category to think in. So if you feel shut down, you know, to your spouse and you're not sure why, you might think about, okay, maybe it's in these areas of, I don't really trust my spouse. But maybe you do in the big areas, but maybe it's just the everyday things. Um, or you could be coming at it the other way and you have broken trust and you know it. And so you know you're shut down, you know, to your, or, or your, your spouse has broken trust and you know you're shut down to them or vice versa. I mean, just some some scriptures that address the issue of of truthfulness is the simplicity with which Jesus tells us to live in Matthew five when he says, um, "Don't take an oath." Um, and in that day, they they would take big oaths based upon you know doing all kinds of things. And he simply said, "Let let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil." And, and so, let your yes be yes or your no be no. Right, right. right. <clears throat> There's a translation that says it that way. But just basically is, you know, just 
say what you mean, mean what you say. Don't let it get too complicated. Don't promise something that you're not going to fulfill. And I think sometimes those are things that are learned, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, honey, I'll make sure and get the garage clean tomorrow. And then something happens the next day, right? And it doesn't get clean. <laughs> and the and, next month. And the next, and the next month, month and so mm-hmm. forth. So, so, <laughs> so there may be some wisdom in that and just saying, uh, if the Lord wills. <laughs> I'll, yeah. But, but the point is with Jesus there just <clears throat> is that you don't over Mm-hmm. No, you, you tell the truth. You don't overpromise. Um, In Proverbs thirty one eleven says, "The heart of her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life." And that's that's a big deal. I mean, men don't share, you know, who they are easily with anybody. Really, most don't. And um, you know, with their wives, it, it's it's really important how we handle that. And I mean, can you know, the heart of you, my husband, trust me when, you know, you share those things with me, or am I going to go share that with all my friends at the next time we're all hanging out together? Uh, You know, what you've shared with me. And I think there's a time to share our life, but there's, uh, it always needs to be thought through. I mean, is this helping enrich my husband's life? Is this helping him, his heart, be able to trust in me? And it, so it may be for our listeners, it's just if these are areas where there's not trust is that you, they and their spouse begin to talk about it. They and their you know spouse can um, have conversations about this. We're just trying to introduce mm-hmm. this is something that will shut, shut a heart down. And parents with teens, uh, especially, or, you know, kind of preteens, that, that's a good conversation to have because they're always wanting to be trusted, and yet they... You know, they they've got to be trustworthy. I mean, we uh, we told our kids, "You're going to have our trust until you break it." Right. And, and then we'll have to talk about what that'll look like um, to re-earn that. So. Right. So, so just a few things in the scripture that says, "Don't lie to one another. Put off the old man. Put on the new." <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, put away deceit and hypocrisy. Um, calling us to be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. This is part of being in relationship with another person, a fellow believer, and grow in this area. You know, God's grace is sufficient enough. Okay, so you want to take us into the next one? Yeah, so uh, moving on, impatience uh, is another thing that can shut us down when when a person is impatient. Mm-hmm. The word patience <clears throat> is a word that means suffering for a long time. It's the first thing listed that describes agape love in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4. Um, and when we have patience in relationships, love is operating. But patience, if it's exhibited, is showing a willingness to suffer with someone else. So the opposite of that is impatience. And impatience exhibits an unwillingness to suffer with somebody mm-hmm. else. And the suffering there can be of varying degrees, mm-hmm. depending upon what's going on. And so <clears throat> impatience is basically saying, don't bother me any longer. I'm done with, and then fill in the blank. I'm done trying, or I'm done listening. I'm done explaining. I'm done struggling. And you can envision here when I'm you I'm done are, waiting on you. 
right. to change. Well, and it, Danina, it can be in simple things. You know, you, you teach your children patience from a young age because they're, you know, not willing to wait on the food that's being prepared. Mm-hmm. But but if the idea is there's, I'm I'm not willing to suffer within you, and in its extremes, I've closed my heart to you. Mm-hmm. One writer said that patience is the ability to be inconvenienced or taken advantage of by a person over and over again without getting angry or upset. The early church father Chrysostom said the word is used of a man who has been wronged and has it within his power to avenge himself, but never does. And we see this over and over again, that impatience takes a significant toll on marriage and friendships. And we're not talking about abusive relationships, no. being patient in you know, Correct. ongoing, unhealthy, abusive Correct. relationships that, you know, with that quote— but, I mean, we're talking about just just normal relationship yes. that you have that's, you know, fa- fairly healthy back mm-hmm. and forth. But it, this is one of the things that can cause us to be shut down. And it can happen in parenting. It can happen in our jobs where we're just impatient with people we and, work with. And not with. only can it happen, it does happen. Yes, right. You know, it does happen. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk, just mention the impact of it, though. Years ago, I was counseling uh, a couple um, and the truth is that this is, I've been counseling for, you know, 20 years. This happens numerous times. Um, but uh, it, hearing from uh, a spouse that um, was very impatient with their spouse, but had no remorse as they talked about it. But they admitted they were impatient and they admitted that's just a part of who they were, um, but couldn't see the harm that it was doing to the family. And this person was um, fairly good at what they did in life, good in their job, good in other areas. They put a lot of expectations upon themselves um, as far as, you know, even what they were calling their family members to, um, their kids to. Um, But in doing so, they only frustrated um, and discouraged their family members to the because of their impatience and 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 just it, then in turn they being frustrated because in living with little patience towards their family members um what what became clear is that this person wasn't willing to ask themselves hard questions about why am i like this and is there something wrong with this and what is the impact on others what is the impact on my spouse what is the impact on my kids um and this and what was I mean, what was the spouse and the kids like in that relationship? I mean, were they shut down? Were shut they down. angry? <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and this is the point of what we're making. They lived very shut down to that person. Okay. But that person was also living shut down to them. Um, so here's an example of how impatience is not a willingness to to suffer, to struggle with those who are different than themselves. Um and the, the impact on the family was there was a lot of pain, um, a fair amount of anxiety. And I think in the end, this person's impatience with themselves, with everybody else, was really the factor involved there. Well, and we know from Galatians 5.22, for those who are in Christ, who have a relationship with Christ, that part of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. And so this is something that, I mean, it's in us. 
I mean, I am a patient person in Christ. It just depends if I am, you know, tapping into walking with Christ in this situation or this scenario, or, um, you know, if I'm walking in the flesh and I want what I want when I want it. And many people get off track in life when they don't want to wait you know, on God, they don't want to wait on another person and they, you know, take that into their own hands. And we have numerous uh, examples of that in scripture. Yeah. One of the, one of the things we need to understand about patience is that's part of what God's producing in us. And God's willing to let us suffer in order to produce patience. And James 1, 2, and 3 says, count it joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces patience. Part of the the trials in our life or the difficulties in our life is for this very purpose. Um, I'm thinking, wow, if we could really maintain that perspective when things are difficult, you know, with our spouse or our friend or children, that God's allowing this very thing, um, you know, to deal with my own impatience. And God wants to grow that in us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to end my life being an impatient person. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want... By the time, let's say I get to live into my 70s or 80s, at that point in your life, there's going to be enough things going on with us that life is going to be difficult. But uh, what's the character on the inside? God intends to develop that in us. And so, and he probably has to do that more in those of us that are fixers. Okay. I'm more of a fixer than you are. Okay. And I, I just think so that that is something that he is, um, you know, those of us that think like that and want to fix things, uh, I, this is definitely something that God has to do work on. Yes, and the other scripture that plays into this that's even more uh, personal and specific is Hebrews twelve eleven says, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it, that God disciplines to develop patience. And um, so patience... Um, is is a virtue. Impatience is something that shuts us down and mm -hmm. shut us down to God and to somebody else. And we haven't said this, but you know, some of these things aren't sin, and some of these things are sin. And when we do sin, it 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 does shut us down toward God because we're disconnected from God until we confess that and you know that sin and repent of that. So if if impatience is a is a major part of my experience, then I'm, it's a good indicator I'm not walking in the Spirit from okay. what you said in Galatians 5. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to the next one. Unkindness is another thing that can shut us down. So if patience is the response that you have to how others treat you, kindness is the attitude and initiative in the way you treat others. So kindness is actually my my attitude and action towards others. And again, 1 Corinthians 13 one of the manif manifestations, manifestations of love towards another is being kind. And the absence of this or unkindness stops love between people. Mm -hmm. It shuts down hearts. A word that's used in Scripture sometimes for unkindness is just being cruel mm -hmm. or being mean. Kindness can be defined as goodness of heart. It describes this attitude of action. It's full of graciousness and helpfulness. Kind-hearted in Scripture speaks of an inner strength and a compassion towards someone. And uh, more often than not, it requires sacrifice. Mm -hmm. 
God intends our kindness to 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 extend love. We we show love when we have kindness. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, "A man who's kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Mm. Um, a a cru- cruel man hurts himself because he's going to cause others to be shut down to him, not mm-hmm. open to him, not receptive to him." Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of what he's talking about there. Well, in Proverbs 21, 21 says, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. So it's kind of that same concept. I mean, what kind of what you're putting out there or what you're pursuing will come back to you. I like Paul's example next, 28 too. It's just a really practical example. He He's telling the story of how the ship that he was on as a prisoner was shipwrecked on the island of Malta. And so the, the, the ship basically fell apart. They swam to the shore, struggled to the shore. And he says in verse two, the native people showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. Just, mm. just a clear, simple example of how they extended something, seeing a need and someone else and then offered them kindness. I like that because kindness is practical. And so sometimes when we're thinking about how do we, you know, enter into this hard relationship, I mean, we we can look for things, I mean, to be kind with, I mean, an actual action of caring for somebody. Right. And so what I would say to us is we shut down other people when we're cruel. We shut down other people when we're unkind. If you say to me that I'm being unkind, then the remedy to that is really not complicated. It's it's just the complete 180 in action towards you. And then that even has something to do for my heart. I did want to just mention in closing on this one, it's just that our salvation, the scriptures say, occurred because of the kindness of God. It's the kindness of God that leads us to change. There's an action towards us that did so. And then our very specific salvation of each believer is outlined in Titus 3, beginning in verse 4, when it says, when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. I like to say it's His um, even spiritual conviction and love and grace that we respond to when we see our sin and see our need. It opens our heart to him. Goes on there to say that he saved us not because of what we've done or the works we've done, but according to his mercy and the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So so it's this very act of kindness by God that our hearts open up to and respond to. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, so for our last one for today's podcast, we're going to talk about jealousy and envy. And jealousy and envy will definitely shut a heart down. Uh, it is a lust for what someone else has. And I, I like to think about the difference where envy says, I want what someone else has. Uh, um, uh, jealousy says, I don't want them to have it. And I wish ill will toward them. So, you know, we we go from, I, I want what they have to, I don't want them to have it. And then I really you know, wish ill will because they have that. And instead of being um, someone who's able to, you know, celebrate what somebody else has, I am negative toward that. So I think we have to think about what is it that we might be jealous of or we might 
envy and it could be somebody else's success. It could be, you know, maybe I wish I had their personality. Everybody seems to like them more or, you know, they have so many friends and I don't have very many friends. So um, I'm jealous of their friends. Maybe it's their life. Maybe it's, you know, something very material. It's their car. It's their house. It's, um, you know, something uh, more material in that way. But love is glad for others. I mean, that's the opposite really here of being jealous or envious. It it celebrates others. It's content with what God's given, you know, us. And I think over the years we've watched this and witnessed this kill marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you know, jealousy has a way of just sucking the life right out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much, uh, uh, what's the word? I'm trying to think of, I mean, it just, it stifles it. There's a lot of control that mm-hmm. goes on in that relationship, a lot of tearing down instead of celebrating. So it can really kill marriages and it really can break down friendships and break down any kind of family relationships. So we we, we should never be okay with jealousy in, in ourselves. And if it exists and I'm not content with what I have and I'm coveting what somebody else has, same thing. Um, in, in you mentioned in marriages, we, we see it affect marriages, we see it except, except affect, excuse me, a lot of friendships. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really, really bad thing. Mm-hmm. And there's no room for that. It, it speaks of not being content with what God has given us, what, how God has made us. And so it often can go unnoticed you know, at least initially, sometimes you can be in relationship with somebody and be jealous of them. But if you're ever aware of that, and that is something to deal with. Be quick to confess that sin and ask God to, you know, fill your heart with the contentment for what he's given you and to focus on what he's given. Yes. That always helps me is I, I need to focus on being thankful here for what God's given me instead of having my eyes even focused on this other person or, you know, on um, this piece of furniture in that person's house that I wish I had. It can be such simple things or, you know, a talent that somebody seems to have that's better because Satan uses that to cause me to not live out my life. Right. And, um, you know, not, and, you know, give and receive in those relationships. And I think with jealousy and envy, I mean, a heart can't keep beating with this green-eyed monster (laughs) that's there. I mean, we've, we know that jealousy can be called that or envy and mm-hmm. because it just will suck the life out of the relationship. And we can't blame others for our jealousy. In Mark 7, Jesus says it's one of the things that come from within a man, envy does. Mm-hmm. So it's it's if if it's an issue that that you struggle with, then it's coming from within, from your fallen nature. It's something to be confessed. It's something to go before the Lord and honestly admit to to be broken over mm-hmm. when you're uh, not content with what, you know, you have and, and you're wanting something else. Um, In James 3, I think these are pretty strong words mm-hmm. where it says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that, the words that Scripture use about jealousy and envy are very, very strong. First Peter, he says, put it away. First Peter two, Peter says, put it away, put away all envy. And then he gives us something to replace it with though, like newborn 
infants long for pure spiritual milk or the pure milk of the word, that we we feed ourselves. If jealousy is something that's been a part of us, we confess it as sin, and then we turn to the Lord and we say, Lord, feed us. Lord, give yourself to us. Lord, help me in this area and not to be that way. And 1 Timothy 6 really tells us that we can replace it with contentment, Mm -hmm. that there's no greater gain in godliness than godliness with contentment. And, you know, used to say to our kids when they were little, you know, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. (laughs) Do you remember saying that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That was from um, Sanford and son, yeah. Fred. Yeah. You, yeah, you loved joking around and yeah. saying that to him. And I, I think about that with this First Timothy 6, because it says we brought nothing into the world and we can take, uh, we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we had food and clothing with these things, we will be content. You know, that God's, God's as our Father, is reminding us of that. And you were usually joking when you said that, but it was... A, Thank goodness. Yeah. So, um, but God's telling us that here in First Timothy 6. So, so as we end today, I mean, we've really talked about what can shut down our heart um, in ourselves, uh, what can shut down our heart or the hearts of those that we're in relationship with. We've talked about broken trust. We have talked about... Um, impatience. Impatience. We've talked about unkindness. unkindness. Yeah. We've talked about jealousy and envy. And in our next podcast, we'll continue this with really all the different emotions that come up that can shut our own heart down, depending on how we manage them and handle them. It'll kind of be a bird's eye view of the emotions, but um, and how those can also cut, shut down other people we're in relationship with. Great. Thank you for joining Rurley and Danina today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Rurley and Danina, we encourage you to visit RedeemedHeartsMinistries.com where you'll find blog posts, free podcast episodes, and the Redeemed Hearts video store and subscription memberships where you'll see the Tips and Tools for Relationships video series. These are monthly videos from Rurley and Danina that go deeper into matters of the heart. And it is our hope that these videos will further help you mentally, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually as you live from your redeemed heart. So be sure to check out the website to check out the different subscription levels that are available. Each video is also available in the video store for individual purchase. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. Please rate and subscribe the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and share this episode on social media. Hey, stay safe and God bless.